You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Hallelujah. Well, listen, we're going to look at some things this morning, and we're going to talk about having ears to hear. And uh, Matthew chapter 11, we'll start in verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violence take it by force. For all prophets, for all the prophets, and the law prophesied until John. And if you are, and if you care to accept it, he himself is Elijah who was to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace who call out to the other children and say, we played the flute for you, you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard a friend of tax gatherers and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Now Jesus is talking to him and he's giving a tribute to John because John sent somebody, sent his disciples to him asking, hey, are you the one or shall we look for another? We're talking about John the Baptist. We're talking about Jesus's cousin who did flips in his mama's belly when Jesus, when Mary come in pregnant with him, who baptized him and said, I'm not even fit to do this and untie his sandals. This is the, you know, so this is John the Baptist and he's kind of struggling here. And so he says disciples to Jesus, are you the one or shall we look for another? So all the methods weren't lining up with John. And so there was a lot of things going on here. And Jesus was having to tell him, look, blessed is he who does not stumble over me. And then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, if you got ears to hear, you can see me. Is he talking about these ears? No, he is not talking about these physical ears. He's talking about his, our spiritual ears to see him. And a lot of times we want to move from God, but yet we don't want to be the move. This year, God's calling us to be the move. And here's the deal. We're going to have to be able to see him in it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because God wants us to be that move. Not just spectators, come on, but to be involved. That's what he died on the cross for, for us, for the, for the world to be able to see him in us. See, we are the move of God. We're it. And he's saying, if you got ears to hear this, he said, look, everybody wants to see. We're all gathering, but we ain't seeing Mark chapter 4. Verse 8. 
And here Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. We'll pick it up in verse 8. And he says, Other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up increased and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, most of you know the parable of the sower. Some were thrown on the side of the road into rocky soil, and the birds came, plucked it up. Others fell among thorns, and they were choked out. And so here we, are, we see a very valuable lesson in not only sowing seed, but receiving seed. Come on. Because the seed that produces, the seed when, when, when the minister gets up and speaks, when we read the word, when we pray, we need to have done some cultivating to receive that seed. Come on. Because seed that falls on the side of the road, it, when it dies out, when it springs up, it dies out because it has no root, it says. And Jesus is very adamant. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because what the other lesson that we learn in this is that God is after a harvest. He is after a yield. And that's in all of us. And so we have got to figure out that it's good soil that receives the seed. And so there is something on our part that we must do. And I could say, hey, how many hands that when you come to church, when, when I stand up and preach, it confirms what God's been showing you. Because I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times people come up and go, man, that's just what God's been showing me all week. That's because you've been preparing the ground. See, when you get here on Sunday mornings, this ain't the first time you've praised and worshiped. Come on. It ain't the first time you've opened your Bible. It's not the first time you've sat and prayed. Come on. But you've been cultivating. Come on. There's nothing works without a little cultivating, a little hands-on. That's he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because receiving the word is as is vital as sowing it. Now look in verse 21. And he was saying to them, a lamp is not brought to be put under a peak measure, is it? Or under a bed, is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it should come to light. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now listen, one thing that has gotten out of touch over the years, and I remember growing up, and I remember old men saying on jobs, oh, my faith is private between me and God. No, it ain't. That's not even biblical. That's hogwash. And I can just tell you that right off the bat. Your faith is not private between you and God. See, you are God's grace on display. 
And God didn't send his son to hang on a cross for you to just sit and hide in a congregation somewhere. Come on. If that's grating on you this morning, or whoever's watching out there, if that's grating on you, then you need to have ears to hear. Because God's putting you on display. You are his grace on display. And let me tell you something. You say, oh, well, I'm not much to look at. You're exactly what God wants on display. God, doesn't want, God didn't come to save the healed. Come on. He come. Listen, this life and what God's done in this life right here. I'm just speaking for me. A heathen of heathens. God's grace on display. Come on. If he can do what he did in me, he can do it in anybody. Come on. That's God's grace on display. That's what he's after. He's wanting to know that, let me tell you something, that's my son. Yeah, that's what he was, but that's not what he is now. And he's putting it on display. Look what he's done. Come on, Marv, look what he's done. And all of us, Steve, come on, Kent, bunch of, we're just a bunch of little dope-smoking bull riders running around the country. Right? And God began to change our life and put it on display. Come on now. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Look in Mark chapter 7. Look, starting in verse 14. See, we are to be God's grace on display. Mark 7, 14. And after he called the multitude to him again, he began to say, saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. Now, I can tell you, they had been teaching a lot of precepts of men as doctrines. And what Jesus is fixing to address here, he's addressing a bunch of religious folks who lost sight of what God called a people to be. And Jesus' disciples were getting hammered because they didn't wash their hands to eat bread. And all the scribes and Pharisees were all offended because here's what they would do. Go into town all dressed up and they would walk through the city. But when they came home, they would start washing themselves because they'd been among the dirty people. What a bunch of religious hypocrites. Come on. A bunch of preachers and evangelists who become a bunch of whitewashed sepulchers. Come on. You know what John the Baptist called them? Oh, man. You brood of vipers. See, that's why Jesus said, y'all said he had a demon because he came in righteousness doing everything, but he was a little different. I came eating and drinking with sinners and tax gatherers, and y'all said I was a drunkard. You people just ain't going to be happy. And here they had been 
teaching the precepts of men. Come on. We got a bunch of those kind of deals. Right here in America. And Jesus says, listen to me and understand what I'm about to tell you. Look what he says. He says, there is nothing outside man which going into him can defile him. He's very adamant here. He's saying, listen to what I'm saying and understand. Because here's, oh man, when you go in my office and you look at the bull riding pictures and all that of, of it, in all, it's like all the picture, you'll see, you know, some Budweiser, some Jack Daniels. And a, well, I had some pastors in my office and they were like, how does that work? And I'm like, how does what work? Why you got Jack Daniels, Budweiser, all that? How you're, it's in the, in the church. I was like, what do you, see, that's being so religious that you can't, come on. And I'm like, well, let me tell you how that works. Jack Daniels Budweiser paid millions of dollars so that I could speak in those coliseums at those PBR events. How you like that? Have you ever read the scripture where it says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous? I'll take it. I'll take it and use it. Come on. Oh, how does that work? Listen to me and understand. He who has ears to hear. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's not what's going into the man that defiles him, but the things which proceed out of the man or what defile the man. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Come on. See, here's what God's more interested in. He's more interested in my character. That's what's going to come out of you. So what, what, what are your habits? You, you show me your habits and I'll show you your character. Come on. Thoughts become Words, words become actions, actions become habits, habits become character. So I can look at your character and your habits and I can tell you what you're thinking about all the time. If you're a pervert, hooked on pornography, I can tell you what you're thinking about all the time. Come on. I'm just trying to tell you. See, it's what comes out of the man that defiles him. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Where are we at? Jesus is always, listen, the Holy Spirit's job is to work on our character. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so he starts to work on what we're thinking on, how we're, come on, how we're cultivating Planting, what seeds are you planting? See, as we come into a new year full of expectations and full of hopes of getting on with getting on. How many is ready to get on with getting on? You just, man, they just keep trying to saddle this same dead horse. Come on. I'm ready to get on with getting on. See, but we can't overlook the fact that God's 
trying to do something new in us. See, if you can care to accept it, uh, John the Baptist was Elijah to come. See, they were always looking for Elijah, Elijah to come. But listen, Elijah did come. And what Elijah does is he brings correction and order. And I'm telling you right now, God's bringing correction and order back to his church. Listen, and as we're, listen, God's doing new things in us, but it's really not new. Because it's old truths and old promises, but we've got to get in right alignment with the kingdom of God. Come on, nobody likes new. Why? Because it's unknown. Nobody likes the unknown. But it's not unknown, so I can assure you it's, not un, it's the truth, and it's not new, but it will be new to us. Come on. See, what actually happened is we fell for a lot of old lies that the devil tells us. The devil will always tell us old lies and one of the keys to having ears to hear what the Spirit is saying is fasting. Matthew chapter 6. And as we enter into this new year, every year since we've been a gathered body of believers here at DCC, we have always fasted that during January. We're going to look at some things. Verse 1, it says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Now look in 16. It says that whenever and whenever you fast, he didn't say if you fast. He said whenever you do. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. And he's talking to scribes and Pharisees here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he just calls them out. You know, Jesus was pretty punchy. You know, he didn't, I mean, he was, I guarantee you he'd wear a cowboy hat if he, they had them back in the day. <laughs> and don't put on it as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance in order to be seen fasting by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not be seen fasting by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. Now, here's the thing, is that, yeah, this is a corporate fast, and it's, yeah, we're not doing it in secret. To us, it's not in secret. But to people out there, it's going to be a secret. Come on, you see what I'm saying? And this fast is about not only as individuals that we get direction and clarity for a new year, but also corporately as a body, you know, hey, there's going to be new changes, things coming and for this body. And listen... You, you may be the confirmation that God's trying to get through to me. Hey, here's where I'm trying to take us, you know, and you might come up and say, hey, I feel like God's wanting to say this. You may have that. So fasting 
is food. Now, I get fasting media, social media. Good God, you got to do, you need to do that anyway. You know, turn that off. You know, uh, fast secular music. Listen to praise music. You know, and, and just watch what happens. Fast Fox News. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, your, I'm your pastor, and I get ticked when I watch the news. I mean, I'm ready to chew nails, you know, and I'm just like, I can't watch it. I just, I wanted to watch the weather, and I can't even, it's hard to even watch the weather. You know, I mean, somebody's going to pull stupid out somewhere during that news deal and it just sends you over the edge, you know. You might have to fast that, but fast some food. Something that's going to make your flesh scream. That's what it's about. Because if you don't make your flesh scream, your flesh is going to run you. Your emotions, your feelings... You're going to be, we, we get driven by our emotions and our feelings. Look at our society today. See, the idea is that we as a body, we get direction. And it also helps us as individuals. Look in verse 40 in Matthew 26. I want to show you something. Matthew 26 41, or we'll start in verse 40. Jesus is on the mountain, or he's in Gethsemane, and he's praying. He's fixing to go to the cross. He takes a couple of his disciples, James, John, and Peter, the three guys that he always had to keep close because they were subject to run off in the ditch any moment. <laughs> kind of keeping them guys <laughs> kind of close. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and praying, saying, my father if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. Now, what we see here is a very powerful truth that this time of year, during a fast, we need to understand. Your flesh cannot say yes to the will of God. Your flesh will not be your... <laughs> Your flesh, when I started talking about fasting, you cringed. You need to fast. If you're cringing at the word fast, you need to fast. Because if you're cringing at that word, then you're not going to be able to stay awake, come on, and avoid temptation. Because your flesh can't. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Your flesh is what always get. Let me put it this way. My flesh is what always gets me in trouble. I have to make it scream because there's nothing good in it. 
It does not want to submit to God. <laughs> it can't. Come on. So that's why just sitting in church, being a member of a congregation, doesn't make you a Christian. No more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. Come on, are y'all with me? So your flesh is going to have to come into alignment. Your spirit's always willing. Your spirit on the inside of you is going, man, I'm, I'm hearing this. Yes. I, I'm, I'm kind of, but your flesh is going, oh, no, I got to give up tacos on Tuesday. <laughs> right? Oh, man, that honey bun. I wanted that honey bun with my coffee. Oh, man, come on. That's the whole idea. And let me tell you something. Your spirit, man, is going to start, ears are going to start opening up. When you're making your flesh scream, your spirit's ears get bigger that you can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Oh, that just sounds too radical. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's exactly what keeps you from becoming a hypocrite and a whitewashed sepulcher. And Jesus is able to work on the inside of you to bring that godly character out that will not defile you. Oh, man, come on. Somebody should have just shook a hanky. That's what it's about right there is godly character coming out. And only way to do that is when he said, when you fast and make your flesh scream, then you can say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, man, come on. Romans chapter 7. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh. This is Paul talking. Sold into bondage to sin. Right off the bat, he's, he's telling, look, our flesh is sold into sin. There's nothing you can do about that. You're born into it. You're born into it. For that which I'm doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. Come on, has anybody ever been there? How many times? Have you told yourself, what are you doing? What are you doing? He says, but, but if I do the very thing I do not wish to do, I agree with the law, confessing that it is good. In other words, you're just confirming that, yeah, you're a heathen. Yeah, you're jacked up. Yeah, you're all messed up because the word of God says it. The law tells me I'm a sinner and I need help. See, that's the first part of getting help is I need it. So now, 
No longer am I the one doing it, but sin which indwells. It's just in me. Look at verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Come on, man. I know nothing good is in this flesh. That's what he's saying. Then now look what he says. For the good that I wish I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not wish. But if I am doing the very thing I do not wish, I'm no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. Almost sounds like a Dr. Seuss rhyme, doesn't it? It's pretty simple. Look in Romans 8 now. Verse 5. This cracks me up. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Come on now. Thy will be done. See, your flesh can't please God. It's hostile to God. It doesn't want anything to do with God. It's totally opposite. So the best thing for us to do is make it scream. So that our spirit man can grow. Your spirit man, when you first believed in Jesus Christ, it's like, you got, it's like an infant in you. It's got to grow just like your fleshly body has grown. This carton is what houses the true life on the inside of you. And you need to make that carton scream so that your spirit man can grow. To be able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And trust me, the day in which we live, we need to truly hear what the Spirit is saying. Because we've got so much bombarding us in life right now, it is just unreal. It is unreal. How deceiving is the flesh that the devil can hide right in it and deceive you. I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about the devil hiding right in our own flesh and deceiving us. How many of y'all this morning heard that wind howling and didn't want to get out of bed? This guy. Because I'm telling you, the first thought that ran through my mind, oh my God, I got to feed. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, man, it's cold. Yep. See, you want to know how someone can call good evil and evil good? It's because they're ran by their flesh. 
And that's what the word says. They'll call evil good and good evil. And we see it every day. See, when they're totally running off their fleshly emotions and feelings, flesh will always have its own agenda. Every time. Every time. See, you can't make good life choices off of flesh. And God told us in Deuteronomy, See, I've set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. Choose life. But your flesh is always going to want to choose. Come on. Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to close here in a minute. 13 minutes and 5 seconds. That's what my clock says. <laughs> Galatians 5, verse 19. It says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's most television shows nowadays. Come on. Now I want to read this. Remember, it's what comes out of the man. See, those are the things that come out of a man living by his flesh and walking by his flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, out of the message. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Oh, my God. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Mm. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved. Holy smokes. Divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. Wow. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. See, we're dealing with two generations that have been taught choice, preference, no absolute truth, no biblical worldview, where we're trying to normalize sin to the point where we are a drama-driven culture. We're drama-driven. All our TV shows are all drama-driven. 
they call it reality. I trust that's not reality. See, we have a drama-driven culture that's influenced by media, a progressive movement of fear, trying to even bring socialism in. Everybody's fair. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets a trophy. Come on, that ain't life. And that ain't even what the Bible says. Life ain't fair. Because you got an enemy trying to kill you all the time. See, it's all flesh driven and doomed to fail. If you're walking by the flesh, it's doomed to fail because it can't produce life. That's why all the programs, come on, welfare produces death. If you've never been to a reservation, if you've never been into welfare-driven areas, let me tell you, it does not produce life. It produces death. I have seen it. I have driven through miles and miles of Indian reservations that look like slums. Welfare produces death. Come on. It doesn't produce life. Sounds good. And we need to take care of the hurting, but we don't need to just be... Come on, are y'all with me? It goes back to teach a man to fish and, and all that business. See, there's a hard truth here that we come up against when we believe in Jesus and our flesh hates it. Our flesh hates it. Look in John chapter 6. Verse 35. I'm sorry, verse 53. (laughs) My Lex Dixit kicked in. Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink His blood, you have no life in yourself. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Look in verse 60. Many therefore of his disciples when they heard this said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus conscious that his disciples grumbled at this said to them, does this cause you to stumble? Let me tell you, Jesus didn't have just 12 disciples. There was a hundred and something of them right here. He whittled them down to 12. Because when they come up against the truth, and he started talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, their flesh went, oh my God, this is a hard 
difficult statement. I can't even listen to this. And they just know more. They said no more. And so we find ourselves as God is beginning to correct and bring order that there's some things that we still need to do to stay tied to the covenant. See, there's a lot of things that we don't like to do, but God says these are principles that we do. It keeps us tied to the covenant. It keeps your ground cultivated that you can receive the seed, the word of God, and you can produce, come on, a yield, a harvest. You can produce life where you can say, thy will be done and not mine. Look in verse 70. Verse 60, I tell you what, verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Jesus looked right at him and said, what do y'all want to do? What do y'all want to do? Jesus always gives us the option. What do y'all want to do? Look what Simon Peter said. He answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? Oh, man. What? There's some things we just miss in the Bible a lot of times. There was 11 of these boys that they knew there was no place else to go. They, they were in it. They were committed. And they didn't care if their flesh screamed about it. If they couldn't quite grasp it, they were in it. But there was one who never heard the words and could never get his flesh in line. And that was Judas. And the devil, the whole time, deceiving Judas with his own agenda, with his own fleshly agenda. Come on. Man, how he missed it. So how important is getting our flesh in line because let me tell you something the devil wants to hide in your flesh in fasting in praising worshiping cultivating with the word of God come on that's how come listen that message that Jack preached Wednesday night it was phenomenal it's about praise and worship about giving glory and honor and power, come on. Let me tell you something. The one thing that the devil hates is when you praise and when you worship. When you're in a bind and he is coming at you and he is just hammering you and thinks he's got you about to back up and your flesh is trying to scream and then you throw your hands up and you praise God, let me tell you something. That confuses the devil. 
He's like, what in the world are they? He said, oh man, they may be getting this. He knows his kingdom's in trouble when your spirit man rises up and says, I will not bow. Y'all stand with me. I'm excited about this new year. I'm so excited. Come on, Heather. <laughs> okay, so I was back there and I didn't want to interrupt, but um, so a few weeks back, um, Brandon went and I got a horse for my birthday. But if y'all know me, I'm not I'm not the type that wants to ride like a bucking horse at all. So I was like, <laughs> Brandon was going rope and I was like, hey, take Earl, <laughs> ride him. So um, anyways, we were down there and I had a feeling that he was gonna buck, but he did. Um, so Brandon afterwards, I was like, hey, so how bad was it? You know, like just wanted to see what he's got in him. You know, he was like, it wasn't too bad, but uh, it could have been a lot worse if I gave him his head. And when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, you know. Hmm. And then afterwards, I started thinking, I'm like, that's what our flesh does. Our flesh bucks. And it can get a lot worse if you give the enemy your head. Come on, that's, that's why good. the Bible tells us to renew your thinking and line it up with the Word of God every single day. Man, so good. I want to encourage y'all when we're going into the fast that don't just let your flesh buck and not do anything with the head. Don't let the enemy have ground for your head. Come on, so renew your thinking and line it up every single day with the word of God, especially in the flat. I mean, especially in the fast, whenever your flesh is bucking. That's so good. that's it. Man, that's a good word. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I asked Brandon, I know Brandon. I asked Brandon, he ride bulls. I said, did you pitch him them reins and just feel it? He said, man, it felt good. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm telling you, your old flesh needs to be spurred on a little bit. Man, it will. Golly, how many times your flesh want to just hold that bit and run? I <laughs> mean, just take it, you know, because it will. I'm excited. I'm real excited. And uh, next Sunday is when it starts until the 20. <laughs> Yeah, for 21 days. So it starts next Sunday. So go on, eat all your honey buns and your... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start preparing. Yeah. Yeah, research. Jensen Franklin has a very amazing book on fasting. And uh, it's really good. You can get that. But... Uh, I want to encourage you during this time. Let's, and, and here's something that it's like this morning, you know, being consistent and being intentional. I, I keep hearing that. And this morning, that's what, I, I, man, it just hit me when I was feeding because yesterday it was 85 degrees. We broke a record. You know, and then this morning you wake up and it's a wind chill in the 20s. And that inconsistency can wreak havoc on animals because it can put stress on them and it makes them fret. And I thought, but you know what?
them bulls, it doesn't bother them because they've got a consistent diet every day. And so the inconsistencies in the world that are going on, if you've got a consistent diet spiritually, that doesn't, even, that doesn't bother you. You don't even notice it. And you're always in the fight and you're always ready to go at any moment, no matter what the inconsistencies that are going on in the world. Man, you're just, you're, and that's what brings glory to God. Is not, listen, that's what 2020 was. <laughs> to watch Christian people fall apart was embarrassing. It was, it was embarrassing. The lack of faith when the church should have never bobbled one bit, but been the one place where everybody goes for hope, where everybody goes for an answer. Where everybody says, yeah, we see what you've been doing. See, that's God's glory on display. Man, I just can't, I can't preach my own message over. Lord, we thank you for this day, Father. We ask that you just, as we go into this fast, Father, I pray that you begin to stir in our spirit, that our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes, they, they become to where we, we, we see clearly and we hear clearly that we can understand what you're doing in our day. Father God, we want to be men and women who understand what's going on in this day. And Father, I thank you that we are vessels that carry your glory and your grace on display. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.